And we are back with session 12, part two. Here we're gonna concentrate a little bit more on the Orion group and their devices that they use here. But also at the end, we're gonna talk about you, the Wanderers. Let's start. All right, a little disclaimer here. I'm not really sure if you're a wanderer or not. There's no real way to know it, but it's important to know the concept of what a wanderer is because we can relate to it and see where our behaviors come from. So again, there's no pride in knowing if you're a wanderer or not or getting that title. Uh, we're all doing the same thing here. We're all seeking, but chances are you're probably a wanderer and knowing your origins is it's kind of empowering just to know the type of person you are uh, even though we're all part of the same in the end, but these little things tend to have um, what's most important. And I'll talk about this in the conclusion of the video once I go through the material of this session talking about wanderers, uh, how we can benefit from knowing this type of information. But first, we're gonna just pick up where we left part one of this session 12. They were talking about the Orion group and Don wants to know in the first question that I have here, just if they are involved here on Earth. So we're gonna go through Orion Group and then we're gonna move into Wonder Earth. So let's begin with the first question that Don is asking here. And he says, are there any confederation or Orion entities living upon the Earth and operating visibly among us in our society at this time? Again, this is 1981. Ross says, there are no entities of either group walking among you at this time, however, the Crusaders of Orion used two types of entities to do their bidding, shall we say. The first type is the thought form, the second, a kind of robot. Don asks, could you describe the robot? Ra says, the robot may look like any other being. It is a construct. Don says, is the robot what is normally called the men in black? Ra says, this is incorrect. Don says, who are the men in black? Ra responds, the men in black are a thought form type of entity which have some beingness to their makeup. They have certain physical characteristics given them. However, their true vibrational nature is without third density vibrational characteristics and therefore they are able to materialize and dematerialize when necessary. Okay. So Don is asking a couple of weird phenomena that happen in the 50s and uh, when they talk about the men in black is something that started happening in the early 50s with the UFO appearance and everything else. Um, there is a lot of speculation as to who these men in black are. Uh, in the past they have said that they are from the CIA or any other uh, organization with three letters especially, but there is an eeriness to all these stories that talk about the men in black and there's a lot to be read about. I would uh, suggest that you take a look at it if you're more interested, but as far as I know, these are the men in black. It's just some enigmatic figures that come in whenever people had in the past a sightings of UFOs or they had other type of information. The, the way it actually started was interesting because somebody was creating this awareness on the UFOs and he was derailed 
um, from doing this kind of information or publishing it by the first man in black type of, um, uh, I would say, anecdote that, that was out there. So men in black now rise saying that they are a thought form of the Orion group. And it kind of makes sense if they wanted to keep things secret. If you follow the secret space program and how it started developing, it makes sense that in the late 40s and early 50s, this was a thing that they needed to keep very secret because they would risk the population knowing about the secret space program and hence just uh, destroying all their plans from the Nazi Germans who moved to Antarctica and then they moved here into the US to begin the secret space program. So it was kind of like, you know, a to me, it seems like it's just another measure of security just to keep thinking, uh, keep everything uh, secret. So that's my take on the Men in Black. Ross says it's just a thought form that the Orion group uses and we're gonna move on a little bit more on the questions here. So Don says, are all these Men in Black then used by the Orion Crusaders? Ross says, this is correct. Don says, if a Man in Black were to visit me and I locked him up in the closet, could I keep him or would he disappear? Ross says, it depends upon which type of entity you grab. You are perhaps able to perceive a construct. The construct might be kept for a brief period, although these constructs also have an ability to disappear. The programming on these constructs, however, makes it more difficult to remotely control them. You would not be able to grapple with a thought form entity of the man in black, as you call it, type. Okay, so... Um, well, we didn't discuss the robot. I don't have much information about the robot. That's one of the things that Ross said at the beginning of this um, this video when I was reading it. I'm not sure. It seems like they use robots that can take form of anything. I'm pretty sure the conspiracy theorist would love this kind of information um, because there are so many things that are said in in our media and on public figures that do act like robot, like uh, I think Mark Zuckerberg is one that gets um, uh, said that he's a robot, could be. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to all kinds of possibilities here. But okay, so there's the construct and then there's a thought form. And these entities that the Orion group use is, uh, it's for their own uh, purposes, of course. So I think it's funny that, that Don asked, but he's trying to get into a serious question. Like what would happen, you know, if he would grab and um, just lock this this type of men in black or construct. And Ross simply says that, I guess the, uh, the way they are materialized here, they're not of a physical form that can be um, let's say kept in one place because they, they can dematerialize and this has to do of course with the to me and my, my knowledge about what David Wilcock calls the source field is that there are ways to vibrate any type of material so it can disappear from space time reappear in time space and then move away from say our three-dimensional uh, space time so and obviously four density beings would have mastered this type of technology and that's how i would think they would dematerialize and materialize somewhere else but again i'm speculating here and before i go on a tangent let's keep going with what ra has to say when don asks would this be against the law of one would i be making a mistake by grabbing one of those entities 
process, there are no mistakes under the law of one. That's a beautiful answer. Don says, what I mean to ask is, would I be polarizing more towards self-service or service to others when I did this act of locking up the thought form or constructs? Another beautiful answer from Ra. He says, you may consider that question for yourself. We interpret the law of one, but not to the extent of advice. And this is Ra being Ra. He's saying, listen, if you want to do that, I leave that to your own judgment. We don't, in, uh, we don't advise, we only interpret the law of one. And you can see already, whenever I see that Ra is giving this answers and he's not elaborating too much, it's because the information is kind of transient, like he says. It's not that relevant. So he goes sometimes to give blunt answers like that. And you can tell that the direction of the conversation needs to change. Otherwise, they would be losing some connection with the channeler or the instrument, as they call Carla. So beautiful answer by Ra. I think there's a lot to ponder here when it comes to just thinking about when we do things, would, would, would I be polarizing towards the positive or negative? That's something for you to consider. The things that we do have no relevance in in the sense of what they they perform but rather the intention of it is what i get here uh and the intention the intention is what always counts right so all right let's move on so here we go into the wanderers don asks you spoke of wanderers who are wanderers where do they come from ross says Imagine, if you will, the sands of your shores, as countless as the grains of sand are the sources of intelligent infinity. When a social memory complex has achieved its complete understanding of its desire, it may conclude that its desire is service to others with the distortion towards reaching their hand, figuratively, to any entities who call for aid. He goes on to say, these entities, whom you may call the brothers of brothers and sisters of sorrow, move toward this calling of sorrow. These entities are from all reaches of the infinite creation and are bound together by the desire to serve in this distortion. So here we have the origin of the wanderers. And as you can see, as Ra says, they come from when they form a social memory in their planetary sphere. Now remember, this comes from four density, which is the density where most of the planets achieve social memory status. And once that happens, they are oriented towards positive polarity, which is service to others. And instead of, I guess, working in their own planetary sphere, they move on any part of the creation, the universe itself, to go and help other planets that are seeking this type of polarity. So in our case, there is a heavy, heavy, heavy influx of wanderers who are coming here on Earth because of the beautiful uh, status that we have right now in the need of help. The amount of catalyst that is available for anybody in the universe who is trying to polarize towards the positive is huge right now. And from different sources that have been talking about how this planet is like a training ground of love. It's a training ground that has never been seen in the galaxy, probably the whole universe, because of the conditions that we have here. So that's why we have so many wanderers here and they continue to come because this is an epic time in 
space-time and time-space of the whole creation. So that's the origin, that's where they come from. And uh, another important thing to know is that every single wanderer, and I'll touch on this at the end of the video, but every single wanderer came here to help others, to be service to others. So let's move on with the other parts of the questions about wanderers. Don asks, how many of them are incarnate on Earth now? And remember, this is 1981. Ra says, the number is approximate due to a heavy influx of those birthed at this time due to an intensive need to lighten the planetary vibration and thus aid in harvest. The number approaches 65 million. Are most of these from the fourth density or what density do they come from? Ross says, few there are of four density. The largest number of wanderers, as you call them, are of the sixth density. The desire to serve must be distorted towards a great deal of purity of mind and what you may call foolhardiness or bravery, depending upon your distortion complex judgment. The challenge danger of the wanderer is that it will forget its mission, becoming karmically involved and thus be swept into the maelstrom of which it had incarnated to avert the destruction. So first, 1981, we had around 65 million wanderers. And that is like Ra saying, there's a heavy influx of coming here to lighten the planetary sphere and with their vibration, which is very important. And I'll touch on this again. I'm promising a lot for the conclusion of this video, but it's important if you feel in your heart that you are a wanderer, because this is going, going to show you in some direction, at least in a general direction, why you're here, which is a really important question. The other part that Ra is saying here is that uh, they come uh, from fourth, fifth and sixth, actually, but the majority of them are from sixth density. And there is a danger, like he says, in the forgetting, because once they come back here, like we all know, we forgot who we are. So that's part of the deal that we have when we incarnate in third density. Now, the cool thing is that because of that, we have the ability to polarize even more and we have other type of um, distortions that are created because of our nature. And once we incarnate here, we may have those, um, those pre-incarnative decisions that we made and coupled with the forgetting, it creates a huge uh, catapult for us to polarize, but mostly just, you know, uh, to help and serve others. So really cool thing here. We have just a couple of more slides. Let's keep talking about wanderers and then we'll jump into the end of this video. Don says, what could one of these entities do to become karmically involved? Could you give an example of that? Ra says, an entity which acts in a consciously unloving manner in action with other beings can become karmically involved. Don says, do many of these wanderers have physical ailments in this third density situation? Ra says, due to the extreme variance between the vibratory distortions of third density and those of the more dense densities, if you will, wanderers have as a general rule some form of handicap difficulty or feeling of alienation which is severe. The most common of these difficulties are alienation, the reaction against the planetary vibration by personality disorders, as you would call them, and body complex elements indicating difficulty in adjustment to the planetary vibrations, such as allergies, as you would call them. 
So there you have it. You can be karmically involved in this incarnation by just acting unlovingly. Now, everybody acts in some way or another without love towards others. That's totally fine. And I'll give you a little spoiler here because this is in further sessions. Jesus actually did something terrible that it's known in the law of one, I don't think in any other source, that was very unloving when he was a child. And this had, of course, something to do with his programming and realizing who he was. But what I'm trying to get at is that we all uh, commit sin, if you will, if you like that word, but we all have this human reaction. So it's okay to be unloving uh, in your past or even now if you, if you do. The key thing is to, like Ra says, pierce the forgetting and knowing who you are. So just by knowing that you can start forgiving yourself, forgiving others, and just be more aware of this unloving kind of behavior that you may have, which is totally fine again because of our conditioning and how distorted this planet has been in the past couple of thousand years. So just by knowing that, it's it's really important to know that our nature is to be, to be uh, loving people. Then he talks about the uh, the elements of uh, the wanderers, which kind of makes sense because when they are brought here or they come here, they have these uh, this problems of adaptation, not only physically to the vibratory rate of the planet, which is pretty distorted, but also in, uh, in the ways of adaptation to other humans in the systems here. That's why uh, most wanderers are feeling outsiders, rejects, rebels, uh, just part of outside of society. So that explains a little bit more, and this will tie in right at the end of this video. We're gonna go with the last question that Don has, and he says, is there a way for these wanderers to heal themselves of their physical ailments? To which Ra says, the self-healing distortion is affected through realization of the intelligent infinity resting within. This is blocked in some way in these who are not perfectly balanced in bodily complexes. The blockage varies from entity to entity. It requires the conscious awareness of the spiritual nature of reality, if you will, and the corresponding pourings of this reality into the individual mind-body-spirit complex for healing to take place. So, in a nutshell, yes, there is a way, but it's in the same way that everybody heals, which is clearing the blockages and aligning uh, themselves a lot more with intelligent infinity and allowing this energy to just flow. Uh, there's nothing more else that I can take out of this slide or this response. It's uh, it's the same way, just finding, of course, you know, some wonders may have blockages in centers in a way that is not very common. And we can get into this a little bit um, when we talk about the, um, uh, the, the symptoms of being a wonder. And this is part of just the healing in general of the human body. All right, now to the conclusion. What it really means to be a wonder. To me, there's a couple of things to knowing, at least having a guess. Now, the first thing is that if you're resonating with this, trust me, there is a lot of people who do not resonate with this idea of being a wanderer. It actually seems uh, offensive in a way. It may seem even like something that uh, they, they don't want to get involved with. It seems like uh, alien to them, which for a lot of us, this planet is alien, which kind of makes sense. So if you're having this feeling that you may be from another planet because of the things that you see here and you don't agree and everything else that I have explained in this part of the video and Ra's responses, then you're probably a wanderer. Now, 
two or three things to take out of being a wanderer. The first one is realizing what's your purpose? You came here to increase the vibratory rate of this planet. You have the uh, the machinery in you, the the heart in you to increase this vibration, this frequency of love within the planet. That is the first thing you need to know on your purpose. No matter what you do, you have to do it with love. If you're not doing it, then you're failing your purpose as a wanderer. Uh, in a way, doesn't, don't feel bad. We all fail in this regard, especially in this planet with so many distortions. Uh, the second thing is that you came here to serve others. That's the initial idea. You came here because you knew there were entities who were going and growing through this process. So you came here to serve others. You're here to help other people. That's the second thing. And the third thing is to know that you are not sick, you're not ill, you have no issues, no mental issues. All the rejections, all the rebellious things you have done, all the physical things that you have been in disagreement with, all of those things have a reason. And that reason is because you're not from this planet. You feel, I'm getting goosebumps just saying this, it's true. You being here, it's not because you don't belong in this earth, in this human earth. You belong here in all the creation of the universe. You are part of the universe. You are the universe. But you are here and that sense of alienation, which is very strong in the population right now, means that you're a wanderer. So whatever that makes you feel, uh, I hope it just raises your vibration a little bit more to know who you are, where you come from, and what's your purpose because this is the beauty of knowing that you're a wanderer. And the last thing I would say is that your purpose here is to be as humble as possible. It's an honor to be here on earth, not only because you're a wanderer, but also because of the extreme need that this planet has. You came here as a hero to help others, to raise the vibration and to become just a better person yourself. You also have specific powers to you, which are just your expression of self. And I encourage you to just keep working on those because that's the way you will vibrate at your highest frequency. With that, that's all I have. I wish I could talk more about Wanderers and not so much about the Orion Group, but that's how it ends the session. I will see you on session 13 next time, next week. Love you so much for being part of this planet. Love you so much for being uh, part of this planet. And I love you so much for watching these videos. I'll see you next. Much love to you and keep vibrating as a wanderer.